Listen to the words. He, 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 he. Garbage. A joke. Clown axe. Pisses me off. No. Come find no. me. No. 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 He. No. Come find me. Listen to the words. He. Come find he. me. He. 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 Garbage. A joke. Clown axe. Pisses me off. I ain't hard guy to find. I promise you that shit. He. Listen to the word. Garbage. A joke. Clown axe. Pisses me off. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in to MBR sessions in back-to-back Tuesdays. I don't know about you guys, but I'm feeling blessed. Welcome in to Nothing But Rants, or as we like to call it around these parts, NBR, the show where I bring you topics that I'm oddly passionate about and I pontificate upon them. These are not hot takes, but rather takes that I'm hot about. Like this one right here, man. Look, you know, baby steps are really, really, really important when we're talking about, especially walking on, you know, maybe a double sided cliff. Follow me here, okay? Name, image, and likeness, or as we like to call it nowadays, NIL. We all knew it was going to be a slippery slope to begin with, right? Everyone and their mama. I mean, everyone and their mama was really, really nervous about this, whether or not you wanted it or not, right? I I think in theory, majority of us understand and agree upon the fact or the idea or the concept that players deserve to be paid. Okay, if coaches are going to be making north of $10 million in this sport, there's plenty of money and buyouts are galore. There's clearly plenty enough money for the players to get a little piece of the pie as well. I think we all agree on that, or at least the majority of us, hopefully at this point, can come to that agreement, right? I think, but also we agree that, you know, the doors opening to especially an unregulated payment system or an unregulated NIL system where certain states have different rules. And, you know, we're already playing amongst a a group of individuals that, I mean, even when there were normal rules in terms of recruiting, we're doing it a little bit hazy, right? We're doing it a little bit different. There's been NIL deals forever, says so Jimbo Fisher. So we all agree that one side of this slope, this idea that Players deserve to get paid. They certainly deserve to make money off their own name, image, and likeness. Most of us agreed upon that, but knew, hey, this could get dangerous if we're not real, real careful, right? If we're not paying attention to the way that it's supposed to be going, if we're not taking it, you know, one baby step at a time, things could go downhill really, really fast. So on one side of this double-edged cliff, we had this NIL deal. On the other side, we got this one-time transfer portal, right? This ability and this idea and this concept that, Players have mobility and players have freedom to choose if things don't work out at school A, that they can go to school B without any consequences. You know, kind of like coaches do, right? Coaches don't have any contractual ties. Well, they do, but it's pretty easy to get out of them pretty clearly. Okay, in terms of I'm at school A one year, I go to school B next year. Everybody knew, hey, and everyone agreed that if Coach A gets to do that, player A should be able to do it as well. I think we all met in theory on this idea that this is a good idea, right? That this is something that college football needs, or at least the players deserve to have in terms of freedom of mobility. But we all agree that 3,000 players in the NCAA transfer portal is not good for the sport of football. It's not good for Power 5 football. It's not good for D1AA football. It's damn sure not good for Division II football. And it's really, really not good for the middling or the FCS caliber high school recruit. We've laid that out on this platform many, many times. So we got this double-edged cliff 
out here that's really, really slippery on both sides. And instead of taking baby steps, the NCAA just decided, hey, we'll go off both cliffs at the same time, split them right down the middle, and guess what? They're getting that cliff, that double-edged cliff, right up the crevasse right now, okay? They are, boom. Two climbing, two climbing references in the opening rant. Can you believe that? Two climbing references in the opening rant. But nonetheless, okay, instead of taking baby steps on either of these issues, they were just like, ah, same time, poof. Go down on both, okay? Split your skis right down these hills, okay? And just bomb them. Bomb them both. Go as fast as you can down the middle of it. And guess what? Okay, you're, you're having coaches respond to this. Okay, you're having coaches respond to this. We talk about all the time. We talk about all the time how a little bit of foresight with the NCAA would have solved this. We knew this was coming. We've been talking about NIL, name, image, and likeness for what, four years? When did Gavin Newsom out there in NCAA go on LeBron's show on HBO? Was that 2019, 2018, when he basically said, I'm passing this bill. These players are going to get paid. They are. They're going to make money off their name, image, and likeness in my state. And then Florida followed up, and then Texas, and then Georgia, and then boom, 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 right? But they all have different rules. This was, you knew this was coming. They said, well, I knew this was coming. It did nothing. They did nothing to regulate or, you know, stipulate or anything or control this at all. And now we're rampant, right? 90% of college football offseason topics this year, you watch. 90% of them, they'll be about coaching movements, which is what we're going to talk about today. They're going to be about the NIL, and they're going to be about portal. That's what they're going to be about all draped in recruiting and all draped in player acquisition, right? But it's a wildfire right now. Um, and there seem to be very little answers or very few people who have answers. And that's, you know, kind of the nature of the business. Um, but hopefully we can find a few of those answers today, to be honest with you. Hopefully we can find a few of those answers today on this here broadcast. Um, and we do have a loaded show for you guys today. But today's broadcast is brought to you by... I got it this time. You guys know the deal. Our friends and family over there at Gramco. Get your mind right today with Gramco Delta 8 products. From gummies to wake and bake uh, coffee, the company has something for everyone. Shipping is quick and discreet and easy. Products are hemp-derived and all start with Gramco's own plants. Save 25% today with promo code BROOKS25 over there on the gramco.com. It is a wonderful Tuesday here on the platform. We've got a loaded show for you. If you could, however, wherever you found us, if you found us on YouTube, hit that thumbs up button. If you're watching us over on Twitter, aka Periscope, you guys noticed they purchased that a while ago. Just tap that screen over and over again. Let them hearts fly. That's how we climb that algorithm. And then Facebook, man, feel free. I see we got some Facebook folks tingling in here. Feel free to like our page over on Facebook, Dogs Daily, um, over there on Facebook. Find that page, hit that follow, hit that like button over there because we also stream over there. So whatever your your stream, uh, you know, stream preference is, whether you're a Facebook streamer, YouTube streamer, Twitter streamer, when it comes to MBR, we try to give it to you in every way possible. So however, wherever you found us, show some support to the show today. I told you, as always, we've got a loaded one for you. We're going to talk the Matt Luke story, okay? Obviously, him stepping down, headed into retirement. We're going to call it retirement for now. We'll talk about it a little bit later. Um, we'll also talk about how Kirby Smart was prophesizing in a champagne-soaked coat. Okay, we'll talk about that. I mean, couldn't have said it any clearer. Could not have predicted it any better. We tweeted that out this morning. Going to bring it up today and talk a little bit more about it. Um, and I'm also going to take a look at, or we're going to rather, Take a look at what it could be for Georgia in 2022 under Todd Munkin. Um, you know, 
not a guy that sticks around a whole bunch. We'll get into it. The fact that he's staying for year three, I think, is big news for the University of Georgia. And I'll tell you what it means in the long run, short term and long run um, for the University of Georgia. But let's start in the obvious place. Oh, and by the way, if you're watching us right now, um, the Patreon audience is going to get a special treat today. Not only are they getting the NBR, they're going to get some film review. We're going to break down Lewis scene over there on Patreon afterwards. I haven't told those guys at all. Um, so feel free to have your natural response and reaction in the YouTube comments because I know some of you guys are here today. Um, yeah, we're going to double down today. We're going to hit the NBR, give you these fiery hot takes, and then we're going to take it on over to Patreon. I'm going to be working. Okay, we're grinding. It's off-season grind time over here on the Film Guy Network. Expansion coming our way. Conference realignment coming our way. I'm just kidding. We're grinding all kinds of stuff over here. Excited to do it over on Patreon.com forward slash Brooks Austin. But let's start with this Luke story. Um, and let me take you back, okay? Let me take you back a little flashback in time to December 7th, 2019, okay? Um, some of you guys will remember that as the day that Georgia got curb stomped by Joey B and them boys uh, in the SC Championship game. And you would be correct. That was the date uh, in time. Uh, but let me also remind you of two days later, December 9th, Sam Pittman is announced as the head coach of the Arkansas Razorbacks, former offensive line coach there, goes back to Arkansas as the head coach over there. So um, two days later, right? Well, I think it was about actually 36 hours, kind of Sunday evening, you kind of really started hearing the rumblings of Sam Pittman. He was announced the ninth, I believe, if my dates are correct and right there. Anyways, the time span was kind of condensed, right? All early National Signing Day within the week of, uh, of Sam Pittman taking this head job. December 11th, Kirby Smart, you know, hops off of a private jet with Matt Luke in tow, announces him as the offensive line coach with a hefty salary. Uh, and Matt Luke, coincidentally enough, had just been let go of his head coaching duties at Ole Miss, his alma mater. So as soon as basically, I think he had like a two-week time lapse there where, you know, he gets let go at Ole Miss, Sam Pittman takes the head coach's job at Arkansas, and then boom, he's in Athens, actually in Rome, sealing a deal with Tate Rattledge. So, uh, you know, an incredible job by both, you know, Kirby Smart, but also Matt Luke to adjust as quickly as he did get in there. He coached a, a pretty good unit against the uh, or in the Sugar Bowl against that Baylor football team, and then finished up a really really strong 2020 signing class that featured Tate Rattledge, Cedric Van Prange, uh, Granger, and Broderick Jones, three players that did not commit originally to Matt Luke. Those are three guys that were Sam Pittman players. They ended up committing to the University of Georgia thanks to the job that Luke and Pittman and Kirby Smart did in that 2020 class. In 2021, Luke follows it up with another strong class in my, you know, my opinion. It, it wasn't as highly ranked or highly rated as that 2020 class, but Jared Wilson's going to be a really good football player. Michael Morris is going to be a really, really good football player, right? So that 2021 class, Amarius Mims, we know how uber talented that young man's going to be. And those jobs and those commitments were virtually sealed up um, by that of Matt Luke. So, and of course, they went on to go win a title in 2021. So it's been a, a, a magical story, if you will, considering how it started, how it's gone, and how it's now ended. That's about as good as it gets under, uh, you know, extreme circumstances in terms of coaches leaving, getting in and out before early national sign day, finishing out a great class, getting into the spring semester, dealing with COVID, okay, battling it out in 2020, and then coming out in 2021 and being a part of the reason why your program wins a national title. That's a magical story. And now he steps down, right? Steps down, goes into retirement, and boom, 
Conspiracy theories start to pop off everywhere. Oh, well, I, I heard him and Munkin weren't getting along. I heard him and, you know, he promised some playing time here and so-and-so. And, you know, he made such and such man. And blah, blah, blah. Okay. Or, or, by the way, all of those things you're talking about, all those things people are running with as rumors as to reasons why he might have stepped down or what's going on. Um, dude, arguments in a coaching staff, that's the job brother uh promising playing time to five-star recruits and then maybe not coming through guess what that's the job dude like yeah you're gonna argue with your offensive coordinator about how you want to block power because you're the damn offensive line coach and you know offensive line and he's the oc that that's 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 a tuesday okay that's a tuesday at grayson high school that's a tuesday at at, at alabama all right that, that's the job all right, and, and with the with the stuff about the the promising plans, it's nonsense. Every coach in America is out here promising things to recruits when it comes to playing time that they ain't necessarily prepared to fill in on. Okay, not unless the kid comes in and earns it. So all that stuff to me is fugazi. Okay, all these conspiracy theories you're hearing are absolute fugazi. The reality of the situation at Georgia with Matt Luke, in my opinion, and others. Okay. Again, all those other things, they probably happen. That's the job. But the reality is this is a 45-year-old you know, coach that over the last 10 years, over the last decade of his career, he's dealt with scandal at his old school, his alma mater, by the way. Okay, he was run out and fired for Lane Kiffin after basically doing what we would all consider, considering the circumstances, limited scholarships, no bowl game participation, the closest thing we've seen since to the death penalty since SMU. That's what Ole Miss was under. That's what Matt Luke was dealing with in the SEC West while LSU's running rampant and uh, Alabama's really, really good. Oh, and Malzahn's still an 8-5 and five coach over at Auburn. Like, he was dealing with some stuff out there in the West as a head coach First time in his career as a head coach at his former school and did a bang-up job, all things considered. They run him out, right? They fire him. He immediately has to come to Georgia. Everyone thinks, ah, man, you know, a lot less stress. It's got to be easy to coach offensive line at Georgia. Look what Sam Pittman just did. Except within six months of him taking a job, he gets hit with COVID, got, got, got to go through the whole COVID recruitment stuff, okay? And now he's got NIL and all this, uh, you know, one-time transfer rule getting all up in it, okay? It's constant changing. It's year-round coaching. The dude went from a high-stress environment at Ole Miss where every move he makes is criticized by the people that are supposed to be supportive of him. I mean, he's one of them. If they ain't support him, whoever would, right, as a head coach. So he goes from that to now the landscape that is college football that, again, you can say what you want about making all this money, but these guys can go make money elsewhere, okay? This stuff is not meant for the long term, if you don't want to do this, okay, if you don't want to be recruiting 365 days of the year, if you don't want to maybe not be able to coach in the way in which you do. By the way, I I have been to Matt Luke camps, okay? I've been coached by Matt Luke in Matt Luke camps. Yes, I am young enough to have done that. I was naive enough to believe that I, at six foot tall, might have a chance to play at Ole Miss. I was an idiot. Okay, ended up playing D2 ball. Shouts out to the Gulf South. Um, so I know what this dude's about. And this dude is like the definition of a Red Bull can coaching. All right. This is high energy. This is never not yelling. This is ho voices hoarse by the third week of the season. This is juiced, amped, screaming at all times. That takes a lot of energy, but it also takes the right group of young men and the right, you know, kind of environment around your sport 
to be able to happen, okay? So save your conspiracy theories. The reality of the situation is this was a guy that was tired of this particular grind. I'm here to tell you that don't be shocked. Do not be shocked if you see Matt Luke on an NFL roster. On an NFL coaching staff somewhere. I This, this what we're talking about today, this, this grind, this schedule that players have to run through, um, it's not great. And guess what? Your head coach told you all about it. All about it a month ago. Play the clip. Let me get the right clip for you. Here you go. Now that you're a championship coach, I mean, you've always had a say in what the game looks like right now. But this is, I mean, you've already talked about it. This is relentless. Oh, yeah. What's, what's, the, what's the best path forward? What needs to change for the betterment of the sport? That's the unanswerable question. Because it worries me, I'll be real honest with you, where the game of college football is going. First concern I have, the best leaders and the best men to run it and be organized with it are leaving. Because you said relentless. They're, the best coaches are going to the NFL because they get more time with their families. They want no part of NIL, portal, constant recruiting. And you say, well, why not? Go live it and see how long you want to do it. It's not what it used to be. And I see coaches left and right, you know a lot of them, that have stepped out of this game that are saying, I'm done. Good men, great leaders, they don't want to be a part of it. That concerns me for the future of it. Where's it going? And I'm not talking about NIL or Portal in particular. I'm just saying the amount of time. The best thing the NCAA did was give February where coaches couldn't recruit and bring people on campus. But I think you got to look at the calendar and say what's best for everybody because the amount of salaries that have gone up have made it so competitive that it's nonstop. At the top, it is relentless and nonstop. And if you can't cut it, you'll be gone pretty quick. When you bring that. There it was right there. Also, we have breaking news right here on the show. Um, Kay and Lee has now decommitted from the University of Georgia. I put it out on Patreon this morning that we were expecting it to happen. I spoke with Kay in this morning. Um, seems as if there was a disconnect over the last couple of months on both sides, okay? When, once communication starts draining, once communication starts slowing, um, whether it be from one side or the other, you kind of know the writing's on the wall. Um, as you can tell, I'm pretty distracted right now because we're going to put this out. Um, it's part of being the guy who runs our digital content and our, uh, you know, our print content as well. So um, a really, really good football player. Arkansas is a place that I've heard. Um, their former head coach over there at uh, Cedar Grove is actually the running backs coach at Arkansas. So that's why you're seeing guys like Everett Rousseau um, from Cedar Grove commit to places like uh, Arkansas. That's why you're seeing guys like Kane Lee perhaps decommit from the University of Georgia. Um, I don't look at this as a negative on either side. I look at this as uh, two, two, uh, two parties that are just splitting ways. And that, that happens in recruitment every once in a while. But again, for those joining in right now, breaking news here on the platform as Kay and Lee has announced his decommitment 
from the University of Georgia. 2023 corner, you also have to remember Georgia's 2022 class, extremely, extremely loaded up at the cornerback position um, in particular. I am extremely fond of Kayan's game, the way and the style in which he plays, the the attitude in which he carries about himself. Um, however, I don't I never saw the stylistic in terms of physical measurables uh, fit to the University of Georgia at the cornerback position. Thought he was going to immediately move into star once he got into Georgia, a place where he would fit because he's he thumps. I think he's an NFL nickel corner when he gets there. He does have NFL traits. Um but yeah, so there we go. Uh, decommitment there. That drops Georgia down to eight commits in the 2023 cycle. Still have a really top-end, high-end corner uh, with Georgia-like length measurables in Marcus Washington Jr. We broke him down here on the platform just a couple of days ago. So, all right, I'm done with that. Um, but yeah, you heard your coach right there. He prophesied it all. He told you the best leaders, the best people in this, you know, sport or whatever you want to call it best people in this line of work they're heading elsewhere I, i've talked to coaches that have said man like have you seen what they're paying high school coaches nowadays like why why i mean yeah four hundred thousand dollars to be a position coach at a power five school is awesome but i'm working 365 days a year i'm not going to see my family i don't even have an opportunity to start a family most of the time because i spent the first 12 years of my working career bouncing around from titawata tech to usc to ucla to taking a position job at memphis to now having to go to washington state you get me like that's what i've been doing and now i finally make the job like the dream job the job i finally reached the pinnacle at the age of 38 and I got to work 365 days a year and can't see nobody, can't do nothing. I got to keep chasing NIL deals and, 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 and searching through the portal and keeping my guys here happy while also maybe flirting with other guys to replace the current guys I got because we got pressure to win. Dude, I'll just go coach high school football for 120 grand in Metro Atlanta at a 6A school. That's what it is. That's what it's going to be. Or I'll go be a scout in the NFL. Okay, I'll go sit in one city or I'll sit in one region and I'll just apply my football knowledge that way. Or I'll put a microphone in my face and I'll go be the NBC play-by-play -play guy because my name's Tony Robo or my name's Sean McVay. You got head coaches in the NFL legitimately thinking about going and calling football games. Calling football games. Super Bowl winning coaches in their late 30s. In their late 30s, they're burnt out on this stuff. In their late 30s in the NFL because the TV money's so good. It's it's wild, man. It's like I would love to coach, but I I have I have this desire to like reach upper echelons and to do that in coaching, bro. First of all, it's borderline impossible. So, but to become Kirby Smart, are you kidding me? Borderline impossible to do that. Um, secondly, it's this your whole life and stress stress out the wazoo at the college ranks. That's why you're going to see a lot of guys heading to the NFL. And speaking of a lot of guys ending up in the NFL somewhere, someday, and out of the college game, that does bring us to Todd Munkin. But first, another shouts to the sponsor, Gramco.com. Right over there, the Gramco.com. Um, did you know that indeed at the Gramco.com, they do have Georgia ties, and they are veteran-owned. Support the company that supports this platform by ordering online with 25% off by using promo code BROOKS25. Shipping is quick and discreet. 
That's thegramco.com. The link is in the description of this video. Appreciate you guys for being here today. Uh, we do have one final segment for the people here on YouTube, and then we'll be, like I told you, heading over to Patreon to break down some Lewis scene as he heads off into his NFL job interview process. Um, guys, it ain't no secret. Uh, Todd Munkin has not been one that, uh, you know, sticks around one a, but he also, I mean, it's kind of obvious this, this is an NFL guy, not really made or born to be in college. I don't believe he started out in college, but as soon as he had the opportunity to jump to the NFL, to be a wide receivers coach in Jacksonville, he never really showed any aspirations of wanting to come back. Okay, Oklahoma State OC for a couple years to prove again that he could call some plays, jumped back into the league, okay, got a head coaching job at Southern Miss, realized, nah, I don't really like this either, jumped to the league, okay, back to the OC. So this is a guy that, you know, hasn't been anywhere longer than three years, okay? Think about this, that. Todd Munkin has not been in a program longer than three years since the late 90s. Since some of you guys watching this right now weren't even born. Okay, so something to note there. This is a nomad when it comes to a recruiter. He's a chameleon coordinator, but he's also a nomad. He is, like I was telling you, in and out, in and out, all over these places, moving, 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 right? Um, it's no secret that this is a guy that doesn't really like what we're talking about. All this 365-day grind, and you can tell by the way in which they've kind of stacked their order of duties when it comes to the recruiting trail, Okay. You know, he is as respected as he is as an as an offensive coordinator. But of all of the coaches at Georgia, Todd Munkins undoubtedly got the most assistance when it comes to the recruiting trail. Okay, it's the it's it's this guy by the name of Buster Faulkner. I don't know if you've known known of him or heard of him, but he does a lot of helping around, particularly at the quarterback position when it comes to recruiting. Okay, of all the other positions, okay. At Georgia, the position coaches are required to recruit, most of them, okay? So all of them except for Munkin, really. Trey Scott recruits all the defensive linemen, okay? Uh, Fran Brown will come in and he will recruit all of the corners. Muschamp will recruit all of the safeties. Glenn Schumer will recruit all of the linebackers. You follow me? At the quarterback position, a position that requires a lot of time and effort to recruit and schmooze both quarterback dads and quarterback egos, um, he's got some help. So he doesn't have to bang out the trail like most of these guys. Did you see the clip of the Arch Manning uh, basketball game? Matt Luke was there. Kirby Smart was there. And Buster Faulkner was there, right? So Todd doesn't really have all of these responsibilities that most Georgia coaches have, okay? He's got a little bit lackadaisical. Not lackadaisical. They all work hard. He's got it a little bit different in terms of his roles, that are a little bit more specified to his needs in terms of keeping him happy at the job. So we know all that. We know he's got some assistance. It's not that bad of a gig, but we also know this dude's got a hankering for the NFL. So let's just kind of, as he enters year three, as I told you, stats say he's not sticking around for year four and kind of the bio and, and the background check tells you he's an NFL guy probably wants to get back into the NFL, just didn't really get a good opportunity this offseason during the coaching cycle. So, probably going to wait it out. I'm here to tell you, I'm not breaking any news. I don't know this, but my gut and the MO, the modus operandum, okay, tells you this dude ain't going to be around for four years, okay? Probably going to be here for three and then going to bounce. If he sticks around for four, great, but don't count on it. So, as we enter year three, let's just kind of know that, okay? Let's just kind of prepare for that. 
uh, while we do it. So let's look at what he does in year three at his other programs, particularly Tampa. Okay, his last stop as a full-time OC where he spent three years. He spent three years cultivating an offense, building it under the same kind of restraints or same kind of parameters when it comes to roster management. Had the same skill guys, had the same, you know, kind of offensive line, had the same tight ends. Pretty much the same offense for three years, minus a couple of ticky-tack changes. They progressed, particularly in year three. Check this out, okay? In his third year in Tampa as the offensive coordinator, they led the league in passing. Think about that. This isn't like 10 years ago. It's 2018. This is four years ago. All those quarterbacks that we all talk about today, they were in. They were in the league, okay? This dude at Tampa led the league in passing with Ryan Fitzpatrick and Jameis Winston as their quarterbacks, throwing a combined 27, 26, 26 interceptions. It led the NFL. Led the NFL in passing at 26 interceptions, okay? They were a 5-11 and 11 football team. Horrible, horrible in turnover margin. We're turning it over every opportunity they can give you, okay? And constantly giving the defense a short field. Defense didn't really help them out anyways. But they were a 5-11 football team. Pretty, pretty bad, right? You would think awful, horrible. Why are we talking about it, Brooks? Yeah, they led the league in passing. I hope they do. They were probably down in all of their games. Um, partially true, but my God, could they score. Good God, could they score the football? Listen to this stat. In five of their 11 losses, think about that, almost half of their losses, okay, they scored an average of 31.6 points per game. In those five losses, 30, almost 32 points per game. Imagine that. In the NFL, losing five of your 11 games in which you scored almost 32 points in that. By the way, I, I know college football numbers are a little bit skewed. A good scoring offense like Georgia this year, they were a top five offense in scoring margin or scoring points per game. They'd score like 38 points per game. So it's not as high in the NFL. And here's your benchmark, okay? In 2018, in five losses, they averaged 31.6 points per game. In 2020, when the Bucs won the Super Bowl with Tom Brady as their quarterback, they averaged 30.8 points per game for the season and won a Super Bowl. So this dude was putting up points putting up yards in year three. Honest to God, what Todd Munkin did in year three in Tampa is one of the most mystifying offensive coordinating performances I think we've seen in quite some time. If you just go look at it, there's things. If you know what you're looking at in terms of box score scouting, okay, just do it from a, a, a baseline analytics perspective. It is mystifying. You're sitting there wondering how in the hell did this happen? Okay, this is a football team in 2018 that managed to score on 37% of their offensive drives. 37% of their offensive drives, they were putting up points in the NFL. The only problem was they were turning it over on 19% of their drives. One out of every five drives ended in a turnover. Is that on the coordinator? Maybe. Might have been testing the boundaries a little bit, but he was dealing with Ryan Fitzpatrick and Jameis Winston, and he led the league in passing in year three. And it wasn't like that in year one and year two. It was a progression. And in year three, you really saw them jump off the page. So what in the hell does that mean for Georgia? This ain't the NFL. This ain't Tampa Bay. And, you know, this is college. Whatever. Um, I, I don't know, man. Stetson Bennett kind of seemed a little Fitzpatrick-ish. Fitzpatrick okay. Fitzpatrick-y this year. 
you know, I mean, let's just describe what Fitzpatrick-esque quarterback play looks like. Really, really streaky, okay? Plays with a shitload of moxie, right? Just a bunch of, like, just a bunch of swag. Teammates love them. Slapping helmets, right? You know, jumping up after touchdown. Moxie. You know what moxie means, okay? Fitzmagic and, and, and Stetson Minute, they play with a bunch of moxie, okay? But they also, like, once or twice, maybe four or five times, a game depending on the day and how they woke up that morning and whether or not they got a clean shave might just throw like four turnover worthy plays in a row. Just here's the ball. Here's the ball. Here's the ball. Okay. It kind of looked like that last year and he had a harness on him, right? They were holding him back saying, Hey, 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 hey. Whoa, 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 we got this JT guy over here that the fan base is clamoring for. So don't go out there and force the ball. Why in the hell would he not do whatever he wants this year with the football? Okay, why would Todd Munkin not just drive the ball down the field? You don't have a historic defense this year. You might not cut it loose in 2022. That's all I'm saying. That's all I think is going to happen. I think they're going to cut that sucker loose. All right. If for no other reason, then it'll be fun. If for no other reason, then it'll be fun. Be really, really fun. You know what else is really, really fun? Doing NBR with you guys for 34, 35 minutes over here on the YouTube page. You guys know we love doing this. Um, if you like the vibe, if you like the show, if you're new to the program, hit that subscribe button on your way out. But I'm here to tell you, there's a bunch of people watching this right now. We are continuing the party over on patreon.com forward slash Brooks Austin. I'm going to bring you the Lewis scene film review, and I'll leave you with this kind of hot take, if you will, or tease, if you will. Okay, patreon.com forward slash Brooks Austin. If Lewis Seen is drafted in the first 64 picks, I don't know what I watched. I, I think this is a third-round football player, and I'll leave you at that, and you can come find out why over on Patreon. I wasn't disappointed. I was just – I know I know what it looks like downhill. I, the rest of the stuff, I don't know. And we're going to watch through it over on patreon.com forward slash Brooks Austin. Appreciate you guys being here. Patreon fam, I'll see you in like two minutes. Love you guys. Peace out.